Kavya from Autonomy College and we're um this is a part of our weekly live called Autonomy. Hi Nat. Um and today I have with me Roba who will be joining us about anti blackness um in Peterborough and the world at large, talk about racism and how it influences us. I can still not see you. I can hear you though. <laughs> I think we could we could probably work this way for now until my face decides to show up at some point in the future. <laughs> That's completely fair. So, welcome Roba. Um Roba is the vice president if I'm not wrong of the Trent International Student Association. Yes, And I am vice president of internal affairs. Um <laughs> And also I'm actually a board member of the Community Race Relations Committee as well. Yeah, and recently provided this amazing like with Charmaine who's also a part of Community Race Relations about um colorism like in an anti-blackness especially in times like today. Um in the live that I started previously, I was talking about how this is not just an issue that has come up right now that it's always prevalent and how important it is for us to address it now when people are listening which is why we think this is a good idea for white folks to educate themselves for other people of color to learn from um the roots of blackness and how it's not just oh you know since i'm a you know person of color it's all good i you there's a lot of anti blackness in other communities as well so hi ropa welcome again <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure what's going on if it's if it's me or if it's something that's going on with my network um but yeah thank you for having me i really enjoy having these conversations i know they can be uncomfortable sometimes to have but yeah. i think there's so much growth that can be had um when we do talk about them and actually address them cuz the more we're I'm sorry folks we're having technical difficulties today <laughs> <laughs> Okay give me a second I'm going to um log out of my phone and kind of try coming back in and see what happens there I can talk about other stuff till then. Yeah, so um I want to take this time to encourage folks to read up on the black roots in their communities no matter where you're from. Um even if you are a person of color, just realizing how the history of blackness intertwines with yours because there's so much of it. We also have a lot of resources in our bio. for black lives matter and where you can donate and actually take actions instead of just like you know posting it on social media realizing that awareness is important but your work doesn't stop there and i i also want to take this time to talk about allyship a lot um so just generally speaking we often think that we are able to assign that value to ourselves like we're able to call ourselves allies but that's not true another person of color or 
another person who is in a minority provides that allyship to you. I'm just like, hello. Hey, is my face showing yet? <laughs> no. Jesus. I have no idea what's going on, mate. <laughs> that that's fine. Um okay. We can talk like this. Even if like this doesn't work out, you can come back next week or like later. Okay. I can definitely do that. Yeah, and I'm just talking about allyship and how some people think that they can assign that label to themselves they're like oh yeah i have one poc black friend i'm an ally i don't think it works like that (laughs) (laughs) i definitely don't think it works like that i think um uh you (laughs) anyway um i want to take some time to um list down what allyship truly is so first and foremost you need to listen more than anything um okay so this is something that's going off on social media a lot called non optical allyship and this comes from the you know when people just share because it's trending and on a very surface level so what this is through Muriel Sharper on Instagram anyway so understanding what optical allyship is allyship that only serves at the surface level to perform ally it makes a statement but doesn't go beneath the surface and is not aimed at breaking away from the systems of power that oppress this is um a quote by Leighton Thomas and this is very real because Hi. Finally. Welcome Ropa, finally. Thank you. It's been a struggle. I've had to like switch my phone on and off like 10 million times, but I'm happy to be here. I'm sorry. That's that's kind of annoying just because you have to do so much work through your phone too. Listen. Listen. <laughs> we ain't even going to get into that. Sorry, what was the question? I was like, how have you been? <laughs> oh, I've been super 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 tired and super busy. Um yeah. summer school has been a madness. Yeah. Um but I've been holding up pretty well. Obviously, with everything that's been going on, it's been really hectic for the last couple of of weeks. Um but, you know, I think having platforms like this where we can openly talk about things is is really important. Um to me anyways um I think this is something that I really enjoy doing I really just enjoy talking about race and talking about um the way we interact with each other just so that we can have a better understanding of each other's experiences and hopefully with that information we are in a better place to um be each other's allies so yeah 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 I thank you so much for you know doing this i was just talking about like non optical allyship mm-hmm. and how it's like especially during the trending times it's prevalent and how people feel okay well you know now it's come to the surface so i need to do something about it because 
of social reasons. Mm. And it's just important. I don't know. I feel it's important for folks to realize that this is not, you know, a two week problem. This isn't coronavirus. Yeah. It just came out of the blue and we need to do something about it. Yeah. It's been happening for a long time. And 100%. And yeah. I feel like the reason why I feel like it keeps happening over and over again is because, well, partially because we always look at it as like a movement. Like in the yeah. moment, we're heated up, we're rallying up, we're there for each other, amazing. But what happens after? A lot of us forget that this has happened. We look at the Instagram pictures, we talk about it here and there, but nothing ever happens. We kind of just... In the moment, we're there, we're about the cause, but when it really actually matters, when you have somebody who walks past you and says a racial slur and everybody around you says nothing about it, that's where it matters. Yeah, I I agree. I think, I think um, Ethel shared this post where she talked a lot about how in forensics classes, a lot of, um, a lot of times the focus is on Black communities and how it's focused around crime and Mm -hmm. no one really says anything during that time. And they're like, Oh, that was rude, but no one, you know, takes a stand. Mm -hmm. And this is where where the whole allyship bit comes in. And I know people are like, Oh, I have a black friend. I'm a great ally. Or like I have an indigenous or POC friend. Mm -hmm. We're so close. And even in those moments, they feel, they feel like they can't speak up and Mm -hmm. use their privilege. So I think that's where the problem comes in from. And it's important to address that bit specifically. Um, I want to talk, I mean, let's talk about it as a general rule, <laughs> how, you know, people can support BIPOC folks better and especially Black folks, because um, a lot of times they don't, you know, separate those terms. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's a lot of times where anti-blackness is just understood in terms of whiteness and um, and that it doesn't exist in other platforms. So um, do you want to maybe talk about anti-blackness and instances you've maybe experienced in Peterborough? I, I think for me personally, I haven't had any like personal um, anti-blackness uh, related uh, uh, incidences within Peterborough yeah. or just in the community Um, but I have heard um, I had a live uh, was it yesterday two days ago yeah Um, (laughs) yeah I don't even know (laughs) oh it was on Monday Monday I have it on every Monday Um, I had it on Monday and uh, someone actually asked that question and one of the ladies who was in the chat said that when she when she was taking a drug um, someone had said um, the N-word to her. Um, and so I, 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 just because it hasn't happened to me, I don't think it, it would be naive of me to say it doesn't, it's not happening to other people. Um, yeah. And you were saying, how do we get, how do people become better allies for the community? I think speaking up is the first thing. It's uncomfortable. I always like, the one thing I always say is that there's so much growth that can happen when you're uncomfortable. Having discussions about race is uncomfortable. Having discussions about privilege is uncomfortable. But it's through that discomfort that we get the biggest growth opportunities. If we're not uncomfortable, we won't grow. 
And so the reason yes. why I think that a lot of these things have continued happening is because no one is willing to be uncomfortable and no one is willing to risk losing their privilege. Yeah. I I completely am we've talked about this before on my radio show where we talked a lot about how I, I don't know Canadian experiences Canadians think that they're like on top of everything like they're the most welcoming country but I think exactly they don't want to feel uncomfortable because they're like oh we have all these provisions and we're you know providing for the people Mm-hmm. that they they don't focus on the shortcomings at all and even like talking about Peterborough it might not be like a word the anti-blackness mm-hmm. but I don't know how many how many restaurants have you gone to where you've seen black people hired like where yeah. there's like I don't know there's always POCs there's I don't I don't even know about indigenous folks honestly Mm. but it's like there where is the job market not available to black folks or do they have to just be in their own community to find jobs or go to toronto or something so, do you know i find it so interesting you said that because um a couple of months ago i actually heard some people when they were talking about hiring and they were like oh we're always skeptical of hiring um uh people of color or international students because we don't we don't know how to deal with you. And I was like, what does that mean? Cuz they were uh, they were saying it to me because the the statement I always hear is, "Oh, uh but you're not like other black people. You're you're not like and I'm like, what is it first of all? What does that mean? But secondly, like what do you mean when you say like you don't know how to deal with a group of people?" Yeah. Like, do the research. Yeah. Ask or, the questions. I mean, so yeah. I think a lot of it is again it comes back to people just being afraid of crossing the line or being afraid of saying the wrong thing or being afraid of making a mistake. And so then that causes them not to do anything about it at all. Yeah. And to the to the people watching this, I mean, that you're now that you're hearing it, this is, you know, I don't know, a push to be uncomfortable i just came across this document which is like which tells you what to read every day depending on how much time you have to read mm-hmm. informing yourself of you know what racism is how black people in particular face it every day yeah. etc and it conforms to how many how much time you have to read so mm-hmm. you know what, what people are like oh but i don't have time i'm so busy etc and and also tokenizing POCs or black people to talk about everything that's race related yeah so it's important to take that step and go do your own work mhm it's something that people watching this should take away from it cuz it's very very easy to share a post on social media and take a stand but it's harder to sign those petitions it's an extra step exactly. to donate money Yeah, we need to make time and stop avoiding it. Exactly. It's not even and I okay, this might be a little on the edge, but I don't think it's an avoidance. It's like an active decision that we decide to take. Even even I as someone who's grown up in South Asian communities where we're we never talk about black people or their history and how intertwined it is with mm-hmm. us. 
and anti-blackness exists in such i don't know in such great proportions there mm-hmm. like um it's very hard to it's a very hard time to have a conversation with your parents people you care about and that's you know if you think you're the wokest of all wokes yeah. and you have the most allyship that anyone could offer do your parents are you able to educate those people and have those difficult difficult conversations mm. you know what even i am trying so hard to do that because it's i don't know where to start you know yeah. i don't know what to tell them where to begin and i talked to someone else in the community where i was like i don't know what to do like there is anti-blackness in my family but mm. how do i approach it how do i talk to them you know and these are the conversations that you will find answers to if you google starting slow taking that one exactly step. google <laughs> is your best friend and even just to acknowledge that like uh anti blackness isn't just like a a black white situation mm-hmm. like racism i feel like a lot of people have this misconception that whenever we talk about race we always see it's just black people against the white people yeah no. When you look at places like China, for example, I'm going to mm-hmm. throw it out there make people uncomfortable. Um when corona hit, they essentially went and blamed all the black people that were African. And they yeah. started chasing people out of their homes, they started chasing people uh, and putting them on the streets. They weren't allowed to go into malls. So it's not just a black and white issue. It's so much bigger than that and the moment we and even with when i i i'm one person to say i'm always learning i'm black but my experience is not the same as another black person and so when i have conversations with other black people i realize wow we have very different experiences right and i can learn from those experiences but it, the moment i say i know everything and i'm the wokest of the woke <laughs> you're you're in trouble because that's where you stop learning we all like this isn't like an arrival place you don't arrive to to this this wokeness It, it's a process we're constantly learning we're constantly understanding and it's not the responsibility of the of the other person it's not my responsibility as a black person to educate you on black struggles it's your responsibility to go out there as well and seek knowledge and i i heard someone ask me um as a white person how do i become a better ally i think little things like like you were saying that like sign a petition but also guys things are happening every day sometimes it's at our jobs we have people who you can clearly see are being treated badly because of the color of their skin stand up for them be a voice for them when they can't say anything we have a lot of people like in public transit how many yeah. times do you go on public transit and someone says something and we all just look around and we kind of just like scuffle under our breaths and we don't say anything say something that's where it counts start there because this is the thing right i have a quote here by um nelson mandela and mm-hmm. he said that um racism isn't learned it's it's learned it's not something yeah. we're born with so yeah. a little things like i i mean with me i see it as start with kids i read a, a paper that was saying from 3 years old a child knows and can distinguish between like races genders 
And so little things like, I know the, the example that they gave in the book was um, when you're walking um, on a street and you cross the street because you have a, a person of color coming, that registers in the child's mind that there's something wrong with this. Yeah. And can you imagine from three years old, this child is seeing this and then you now have to get, you're now like, 15 16 17 you're seeing it in schools you're seeing it in classes you're seeing it at, at, in stores at work by the time you reach 20 21 30 40 50 for some people you without even realizing it you're perpetuating into the cycle of oppression and 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 that's not right so we need to start with our kids have conversations with them if it's difficult to have, start with a cartoon. Hey, yeah. what did you think about this cartoon? Did you see any people of color? Why do you, why do you think there weren't any people of color there? Do you think yeah. that this is right? What do you think about this? Ask them. If, if it means you go to your parents, I know a lot of parents, they're stuck in their ways, but mm -hmm. with the way people work that I've noticed, if you hit them with facts, I might resist right now, but after I go back and I look at it. And if you hear it often enough, you begin to question why you have that idea. So yeah. we need to talk about it. Let's normalize it. There's so much, people talk, the, the idea of race and talking about race relations is, is this taboo topic and every, there's so much like dirt that's associated with it. And it's, it's almost like everybody is so scared of talking about it. But because we're scared of talking about it, we, we create a bubble where people who are suffering feel like they can't express what they're saying, what they need to say. But it also means that the people who are oppressing people have no idea sometimes that they're doing it or aren't yeah. aware of the privilege that they have. So let's yeah. normalize it. Talk about it. The same way that we can talk about, I like this Netflix show. Let's talk about race. Let's normalize these conversations. It's not just the responsibility of the people of color to talk about it. It's your responsibility as well to seek out information. And don't do it in a respectful manner. I feel like I will never, if you want to start with somebody, start with me. I'm open. Ask me questions. As long as you're respectful, we're good. I'm willing to answer any questions, but I don't know any person of color who would have a problem with you going and saying, hey, I just want to understand this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, okay, outing myself now. So in my first year, I, I come like looking back on it, reflecting back on it. I come from mm -hmm. anti-blackness where my parents just aren't educated in those terms where they have no idea what the history is. So come first year I'm just like you know hanging out in autonomy college just like going to different houses and I come across this black person who I'm friends with now mm -hmm. but this, you know we have a quick chat and you know what I ask him mm -hmm. I'm like why can I not say the n-word when um we were all put in the same denomination oh girl and he just <laughs> lost his shit I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but he just lost it. He just started laughing because he was like, I can't believe this person is asking me this question. And he, all he said was, he just can't. Like, he was like, you just can't. Mm -hmm. Okay, you just can't. So, you know, that's, that's where I learned to unpack what I had never been taught. 
mm. as it had been taught subconsciously and googling the history of blackness with south asia and where i come from and this is why i think this is what the problem is when when people think that just because i don't know it doesn't affect them personally mm-hmm. it doesn't matter like i don't have any black friends so why do i care right yeah. or um i'm never like going to interact with them or something like you mm-hmm. said um i don't know how to deal with them so i don't have to learn yeah and i don't know this is why realizing that you have the ability to google if you can google that nintendo game you can google what like if you can scroll for 5 hours you can read an article mm-hmm. about history and how anti blackness is ingrained in so many ways and learn to unpack it you know i 100% have, like you said i have had 19 years of learning to not of like subconscious learning of anti blackness and it's my responsibility to unpack that yeah. and realize where it comes from so i don't know it's just a lot of thoughts it's it's like a, per- a person of color too i i hate it when people in toronto use the n word for some reason mm. the brown people i i don't know who who i just think that? that word just we just need to get rid of that word because <laughs> i i that's a whole another discussion for another day but i <laughs> i just i think it's important though that you you did say that all of the the awareness started because you asked a question and yeah. i think that's what's important here that if you hadn't asked the question i don't think you would have really gone out of your way to really get yourself informed yeah. and i think that's the that's the power that comes from opening your mouth and saying something and i think that's the power that we have in in doing all these rallies and all these protests is the ability to have your voice be heard and for people who think that your life is unaffected by people of color the stores that you own the businesses that you own all those things people of color are buying into that stuff the yeah. job that you have if all the people of color in this place stop buying or coming to the store where you work at or the places that you work at they would go bankrupt and you would be jobless so whether we like it or not we all are related we're intertwined we're a network of people that and and it's our responsibility to make sure that we are our brother's keeper it's our responsibility and it's uncomfortable to let go of a privilege that you've had and there's a lot of unlearning we all need to do when i moved here there was a lot of unlearning i had to do i come from a history of colonization and from my yeah. government they were very anti white yeah. and i had a lot of things that i had to come here and unlearn and it's intentional it's not something that you can do passively. Yeah. You have to actively go and seek this knowledge actively. Yeah. I I completely agree. And and I also I want to talk about um I don't know how much time you have cuz we didn't discuss times. I got you. Girl. Have- We're good. <laughs> okay. Um I want to talk about the trauma which um is inflicted upon black folks when these when others just think it's okay to talk to them about things because you know they're the black friend the token black friend yeah. that they're going to ask about things and even now like during these times i've seen so many times when people just post this police brutality mm. 
um, take content on their story. So how does that make you feel? And how, how do you think, I don't know, maybe, I, I personally don't think they should be shared at all. Like it's not your story to even talk about. See, But, this is the thing. The way I view sharing is that So a lot of people ask me why I didn't say anything initially when things happened. I never want to share something if I don't have information on it. I wanted yeah. to understand the history of racism. I wanted to understand why these things are continuing to happen. Because we have, it's not like this is the first time it's happening. It's yeah. happened over periods of time. And I wanted to understand why it keeps happening. I don't have a problem with people sharing necessarily because I feel like the people I know are people who are aware of everything that's going on. But I can share it to one person who has a circle of people who might not be aware of it. And the mm -hmm. moment they share, they're making it a, they're making other people aware of the injustice that's happening, right? So I don't have a problem necessarily with the sharing of it. I think it's important that we share, but I think what it is is make sure what you're sharing you're educated on. If you're just sharing it to share it and be part of the culture, please, we don't need it. Yeah. We don't need it. Yeah. If I you're going to share, actively seek out information about it. What is it? What does it mean? How is it affecting people? Before you share it, I, we don't need any more people just tokenizing this, this, the Black struggle. We don't need that. We need people who are ready to actively be allies with people of color so yeah. before you click that hashtag and tag 10 people blah 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 think really actually think about what you're sharing and what you're saying about that i think it will you it's really hypocritical if you share that hashtag and something happens in the road and you don't do anything about it yeah. you're gonna be like that and you're gonna be complicit amazing don't share we don't need it we don't need it we have a lot of people sharing hashtags we have a lot of people yesterday it was um blackout tuesday we had a lot of people sharing blackout but when it really counts you're not available we don't need that yeah so my encouragement is if you've already shared and you had that previous mindset get yourself educated it's never too late to get yourself educated my big thing is get yourself educated if i went and reposted something and it blew up in my face, I want to be able to say, I have enough information to support my argument. Look at it from that point of view. I don't have a problem with anybody sharing anything. Go ahead, do you boo-boo. But share it with the intent and the knowledge and, and sharing it is saying I'm a, an ally. Don't just say it, do it. It's not enough to just say it. We have a lot of people just saying, yeah, power to the people. Yes, you know, I'm with so-and-so. Black Lives Matter. But when it actually matters, that's where we need you. I would rather no one shares anything. And yes, we need you to walk the talk. Exactly. <laughs> I would rather no one shares anything and actually goes out there and does something than for people to be sharing and in actuality no one's doing anything about it that would be such a shame especially with with the climate that we have for people to just be trivializing it to and, and making it so small and making it into just 
a hashtag and just a movement. It's more than that. People are dying. Children are growing up without parents. Like, yeah. deep it. If you have a child or you have a sibling or you have a parent, try think of losing them in that way. And then yeah. having people share a video and they have no idea who this person was and they have no idea the context of this story. How does that make you feel? The moment you put yourself in those shoes, if that doesn't give you chills, I don't know. I, I don't know, bro. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think don't know either. Let's, let's, let's really look at why we're sharing these things. Intent. Intent. Yeah. That's, I, that, that's, where, that's what it boils down to me. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. This this is a lot. This is a lot of what I wish was just. I just wanted to say it to every person who shared anything with the hashtag. <laughs> just want to be like, okay. Um, there was also this extended argument um, on the Trent page that I think you should t take a look at, like on the Trent Trent Instagram, which you might okay. have thoughts about. Um, okay, so. Two things. First of all, I feel like sharing that traumatic, um, traumatic videos works a lot to dehumanize black people, mm -hmm. where you're constantly just seeing them, you know, in in bad situations, and then yeah. it's just ingrained in your head that like a black person means trouble. Yeah, essentially, and like I don't know, just seeing someone be treated so badly is like. I don't know if you keep watching it you'll you'll become so dehumanized almost desensitized yeah yeah desensitized See, that's <laughs> my biggest worry like mm -hmm. i this is gonna be so controversial but every, everybody who knows me knows like i haven't watched the video i haven't watched any of the videos like like any of the videos that have gone viral or we've virally about because i think i we're all one video away from being desensitized I, I, I completely feel that I can't watch it just because I'm just like, this is, why are people sharing this? This is not something to share. I think for some people that, that like, it's, it's so jarring and that's what they need to, to see the seriousness of the situation. But for me, the way I view it is, is a little bit different. And, and if you want my opinion on that, you can come to the next live session I'm going to do on my platform okay. and we can talk about that. But I think that those, I never want to remove the seriousness of a loss of life. Like yeah. when you really think about it, death is like the end of someone, like that's the end of someone's chapter. Like, when we, like, really think about it. Um, I can't watch them because it's um, it saddens and angers me that this shit happens. Sorry, excuse my French. Um, <laughs> happens. Everyone deserves to feel safe. 100%. I, I, I understand people's anger. Like, I've watched little snippets of it, but I, I can't bring myself to watch the whole thing because I genuinely feel like we are all a couple of videos away from like becoming desensitized. And not just that, I also want to acknowledge that there are people who we don't see in videos. Yeah. Who have died. 
Yeah. And and, and it's important that we advocate for those two. It's yeah. not just I think a lot of us have gotten trapped in in this idea of like oh uh this person and this person and this it's so much bigger than just the individuals it's it's yeah. so it, it it's more than just police yes police is is big but it's more than just police and it's not just a, a problem in the US yeah it's a problem in Canada too yeah i don't know why they think it's just the US like when you look at the numbers in places like Toronto at the number of of people of color who are getting incarcerated and, and killed and the their likelihood of being killed by the police like it's not we don't see the videos in Canada yeah we see and in America is more overt but here yeah. we don't see that so we, a lot of people are under the assumption that that's a a problem that America faces it's closer to us than we think Yeah, it says a better an enemy you know than a, an enemy you don't know. Yeah. A lot of us are suffering in silence and there's a lot of people who've gone through things who are afraid to talk about it because the 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 climate in in Canada and Peterborough, I don't know about other places is that it's not happening here. So why are we entertaining the conversations? Guys, let me tell you for free, it's happening. in peterborough it's happening in canada and unless we decide to actively do something about it is we're literally going to be like this for generations and generations and generations to come we might not be able to change the 60 70 50 40 year olds but we have us our children don't have to go through this yeah our grandchildren don't have to go through this We have the ability to change the narrative, to change the cycle. We can't continue to live like this. It's not just for the for the people of color. It's for all of us. Because whether we realize it or not, all these things are affecting all of us. They might not affect you as like a person to person kind of thing, but they have an effect on the way we do our business, they have an effect on the way we hire people, the way we educate people they affect us in so many ways and if we keep ignoring it we're going to continue having all these hashtagable moments and all these hashtag this hashtag that share this donate here but unless we're actually willing to do it cuz we're able yeah we're able to do something about it until we're willing to do something about it there's no change that's going to happen it will just be another hashtag it will just yeah. be another movement we will continue to live in the cycle of of injustice of of the cycle and and that's so dark to say but unfortunately if we if we keep doing this i i completely agree um yeah i don't know it's kind of like i know this will die down and then we'll have people just forget until another life is taken because of injustice and then there's this whole cycle and it's just like i feel like people don't understand that the work never stops like you have to continuously unlearn your ways of 
oppression that mm. the microaggressions that white people put on other people is hilarious. Um, sometimes like, can you not hear yourself? What if I said that to you? There's so many times when I want to say that when there's times where people want to confirm things with a white person instead of just taking things at face value. And um, about Canada, I, I heard this analogy, I don't know when, but it was like when you're in the States, at least you know you're going to be stabbed. Mm. But in Canada, you're like, okay, someone's going to just stab me in the back. So it's like, it's that kind of situation where you don't even know what's coming. And, yeah. and the global perspective of Canada is such, like, is such that everyone thinks it's a paradise. It's not. Mm. And yeah, like Natalie said, there needs to be consistency in your allyship. Your allyship only shows up when something bad and global happens. That's not allyship. Can you stop? And and I don't know. Also, just people who think that it will give them a social bonus to seem like they're woke mm. and not doing like not calling professors out when when someone says the n word to your friend in the park not saying anything and just saying oh that's so sad i'm sorry that happened to you i don't care if you're sorry you should have done something about it because people of color and black people and indigenous folks do not have that privilege if we say something they might just hit us or like or worse with black people especially like i know with women there's always this stereotype of black women whenever they speak out it's like you're you become the angry black woman so a lot of people aren't even able to say anything about it because the moment you do speak out on it you become this angry black person you become this uh and you almost play into this this person or this persona of a person that they want you to be and so like 100 i agree with you that we shouldn't just wait for a, res- a reactional response Let's tackle it before it gets to a point where someone loses their life. Let's tackle it whilst it's just in a park. Hey, bro, that wasn't nice. Why did you say that? Why? A lot of the times when when you actually ask people why they said it, I always, I have the rule of three whys. Ask them why the first time and then ask them why the second time. Why did they say that? And ask them why the third time. By the time they get to the third time, you don't have to tell them nothing. They know by themselves right accountable we can't wait for reactions uh to to a problem we can't just wait to 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 tackle a problem when something bad happens we need to attack yeah. it before something bad happens prevent yeah. it from happening yeah and and i okay just just even i don't think that white people especially in peterborough realize the privilege they have because oftentimes they're like, oh, we're going through the same struggles. We're also a student. We're also at university. We're also, I don't know, sometimes women. And it's just like, there's no plat. You are here and other folks are like here because of the privileges you have. A lot of times, okay, I heard this statement once where someone was like, well, white people aren't rich. Um like in terms of that like people of color black people indigenous folks don't have money white people aren't rich either because they're comparing their experiences as students Mm. so it's important to not put the narrative around you even when you're 
when people are sharing things, they're like, yeah. oh, I'm so saddened by the life that has been lost. I don't care about your sadness. This is a black life that was literally murdered because of nothing. And I don't, I understand, I appreciate your empathy, but that's not what's required. Yeah, we just need to be doing things, man. I I think we would be doing ourselves like an injustice if after the rally that we had yesterday and all the support that happened yesterday, if we went back to our homes and did nothing about it. Guys, it starts with little things. Like we're, I'm a member of TISA, I'm a member of the CRRC, like it starts with little things like that start educating through your clubs educate your roommates sit down and talk about it this is a great opportunity for you to really talk in a safe place where people won't judge you and you can really have healthy constructive conversations and don't just end them there think about strategies Think about strategies. What can you be doing today to make sure that someone else's voice can be heard? What can you be doing at your job? What can you be doing at the school? What can you be doing to create a safe space for people to to speak? It's not just about like being black in America. We all have different um, intersections. We like I can't understand uh, an indigenous person's perspective of life and their injustice, but yeah. I can make sure I'm creating a safe space for them to have that conversation with me, a safe space where we can understand each other and make sure that things like this are not repeating themselves. That's for me. This whole thing yesterday was amazing. It was so good to see the community rally around um, the Black Lives Matter movement. But what do we do after that? Yeah. It's not just about the government. It's about us as individuals as well. I've seen comments, but I, I can't yeah. read them. They're going up so fast. <laughs> um, someone says, people assume privilege refers to just money or easy lives without realizing that it can also mean safety and discrimination. 100%. Yeah, um, I don't know. A lot of a lot of time privilege is having the ability to excuse your microaggressions, the ability to say even that you don't think people are poor. You think white people are poor. Globally speaking, most of the money... Okay, what? this is another topic. I'm so angry. Um, Someone said gender identity in class still doesn't excuse race. I think that it is important. And people who say that need to realize that they still get opportunities for being white. Yeah, there's this whole thing that, oh, you know, masking your whiteness with your queerness a lot of times. Mm -hmm. That happens a lot. And it's just like that privilege is never touched upon because it's two marginalized communities that no one wants to you know disturb Mm. so to speak and a lot of times they're like oh but I'm but I'm gay so you know it's fine for me to say those things and be racist or have those microaggressions present Mm. which this is also a form of privilege that that, uh, a lot of folks don't understand being queer um yeah I don't know. 
Okay. I have a question for the people in, in, in the audience, right? Because yeah. I, I want to gauge people's perspective on this. Um, okay, you're going to answer this. You can just put a number in the comment section. On a scale of zero to five, how comfortable are you talking about race, right? Zero being that I'd rather not talk about race or racism and five being I'm very comfortable talking about race or racism. Let's be open and honest. This is a safe space. We're not going to judge anybody, but I just, I kind of want to gauge out and see like where everybody's at. And maybe we can kind of ask questions based on that too, because I think that's a very important um, question to ask. Like I had to ask myself that too, because I, I put myself at like a three and a half yeah. at the time, yeah. because I was like, realistically, I, I'm, I'm good with talking about race with people who are of my race. But yeah. when I have to talk about race with people who are not of my race, I'm like, it depends if I have to do it or yeah. if I don't have to do it. If I don't have to do it, I don't want to talk about it. If I have yeah. to do it, then I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, amazing. Let's yeah. do it. Um, um, race relations said even people who acknowledge their privilege don't necessarily understand how it functions. I mm. always ask them to explain. I, I'm assuming it's Angela. Um, five, it's my job. <laughs> um, probably a three or four because I don't know all the facts but feel like it's important. Three, 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 three. Mostly, most folks say three. For me personally, I... I don't know. I'm in the same position as you. Like, it's very easy for me to talk about race with my friends, but it's really hard for me to, like, address it in the park when there's only two of us because I'm scared about my safety mm -hmm. or doing it in a class because I'm like, I don't want to be pointed out as that that person. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot about safety. And even with my parents, it's really hard for me to talk to them because mm. I'm like, there's, where do I start? I don't, I don't know I can have this if I can even have this conversation with you. So I'm I'm like at like a three maybe, maybe less. Okay, so the next question I would ask is how do we get you to a four or a five? You don't have to answer that yourself, but just like think about it. Because I think part of, of becoming a better ally is getting you to a point where you can be comfortable at a five. And that's a question I had to ask myself too. Yeah, And so when we're asking ourselves, like, how, how do we become better advocates for our peers and our fellow people? I think part of it is really understanding why we're a three and how we can get ourselves to becoming a five. Yeah, um, um, just a heads up. I think this only lasts an hour. I don't know what how lives work at this point. Yes, it's an hour. Yeah. So it could so, just shut down on us at, at any yeah. point. <laughs> so we have five minutes. Anyway, so I think I want to go back to what you started with. Mm -hmm. And what, what would make me bring it up to a four or a mm -hmm. five is normalizing it. Because mm -hmm. the conversations are just so they're just seen as political or, you know, triggered when they're not. Even mm. even organizations taking a stance on Black Lives Matter is considered political. Yeah. Even though it's not. It's like, it's real life. Everything is political, actually. Mm -hmm. Let me just say that. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah, I think normalizing it in classrooms, in, in groups, would make it so much easier for people who want to do something instead mm. of being, you know, pointed out and ostracized because they said something. So I think 
you know what, I'm gonna make it a point to step out of my comfort zone and do mm-hmm. it anyway, because that's a part of normalization. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, it's, it's the same thing that I, um, I was really, I'm not, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a real transparent real quick. I was really nervous about having the conversation on Monday. Because I felt like I wasn't qualified enough to talk about it. And I felt like I didn't want to bring negativity to the movement. But what I realized was that I learned so much from having that conversation. And other people learned so much. But it was just the willingness to have an open conversation. Right. Yeah. And I think for me going forward, it's putting myself out there and saying, hey, guys, slide into my DMs and ask me a question. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm not a very like I, I'm, I, I'm hella uncomfortable with people just sliding into my DMs like that. But again, there's so much strength and there's so much growth that can happen when we are uncomfortable. Whenever I'm uncomfortable, I sit down. And I'm like, why am I uncomfortable? That's where the problem is. So whenever you hear a conversation and you realize that there's there's some things that are making you uncomfortable, it means that there's an area that you need to grow in. There's a place where you have some kind of prejudice or there's something that's going on in the surface that you need to work on. And so that's what I'm trying to learn. To get me to a five, I just need to get to a point where if anybody asks me anything, I don't have my heart doing palpitations or <laughs> have yeah. like... I think Sweat. it comes Yeah, I, I think I share that, but I think I think it's because as often as people of color and as black people and and as indigenous folks we're not given that area to be wrong or ha- make a mistake. Mm. This is I think where it stems from for me because I'm like if I'm wrong, they're gonna just think every brown person Exactly. It's like you're the mouthpiece for your entire community, but you're not. <laughs> yeah, and and I think that's where, yeah, it's something I need to work on too. And I yeah. think it will end in a minute. So I just want to thank you for taking time out today. Oh, and thank you for we should, having me. We should carry on this conversation. We definitely part. should. Like, guys, listen. If you want to follow my that channel, it's Fazo Productions, F A D Z O Productions. Uh, we have conversations about race and just life in general and things that are going on in the community all the time just to normalize them and remove the taboo around them so yeah i'm always open to have any conversations um about anything ask me anything i'm pretty much an open book um yeah yeah and pizza <laughs> is an amazing resource that you can go to yes. if you need it's one black person is not representative all black of all black all black people, or mm-hmm. people. so fe- feel free to reach out where your support systems as people who work with trent Mm-hmm. and we're here for you yeah. also crc is the plug you guys if you ever have any questions about race relations yeah. they know most of the things and if they don't know something they'll help you train if you're looking for people who can train people about being um better um at just handling race issues uh again contact crc they have the resources we offer trainings um yeah just allow it to to marinate and educate yourself um we had a lot of comments that yeah. we missed, and we yeah. apologize, but we saw them. Um, yeah. Reflection yeah. time. This is uh, whatever you commented. Reflect upon it. 
<laughs> thank you guys so much for commenting and just like sharing your opinions even for the people who gave us those ratings um thank you for putting yourselves out there um i know it's sometimes really uncomfortable for you to just i put you on the spot real quick but thank you for allowing yourselves to be vulnerable <laughs> yeah it's the first step um and thank you and, for doing that too I appreciate um, your presence here a lot. <laughs> this was really fun. Um it really I think I'm I've learned a lot from this conversation um as well and I hope other people did. So Yeah, I did. I really hope people know how to be better allies like I am learning to be. Yes. Definitely. Um I can send you more resources about being a better ally. I have like a whole entire presentation. So if you guys want to oh, see yeah. it, it's available on my website, but I'll send you a link so people can see. Yeah. It. I've been yeah. reading up a lot on allyship. And oh my god, there are letters that are in my language that were mm-hmm. written to black people or something. And oh. it's like that the card thing, the blacklivesmatters.card.co. Oh that's dope. Yeah, and I'm like if I can translate that and think about whatever's been said that would be like that would give me some more perspective. Mhm. Yeah, the work is never the done. The work is never done. Yeah. Yeah. And we never you're never too old or too young to unlearn something. We all have the capacity to unlearn. We just have to be willing. Uh we are able. We just need to be willing to really take a stand and it starts with little things it's not just about hashtags it's not about going and talking to governments it's it's about really focusing on the people within your community about the people you work with and making sure that you are using the privilege that you have i have the privilege of of being able to go to school and being able to have this community around me and being connected to the crc and tisa i have that privilege and i want to be able to create opportunities for other people of color who might not have that privilege um to have these conversations and have their voices heard so you have privilege whatever capacity it comes in make sure that you are really actively looking for ways that we can continue to develop ourselves in our awareness of of global issues and race issues as well yeah thank you so much for that um i think i want to end this with like letting folks think about your long-term strategy this is also mm-hmm. from that i was talking about non-optical allyship so this mm. person says how are you making long-term impact or affecting change can you mentor a young person can you become a trustee of an organization that supports the black community mm-hmm. could you offer your time to volunteer make the effort to do something valuable over a period of time and not mm. just facts so mm. So really the works just started we have you know asked you a bunch of questions you're at a 3 how do you get to a 4 how do you get to a 5 mm. and we're always here so feel free to connect with us 100% thank you guys so much for being here we had some technical difficulties at the beginning but this was so much fun <laughs> yeah join us here actually i'm going to reach out to you angela cuz i totally want to do that Yeah, y'all join the CRRC committee. Uh it's lit. There's so much we can be doing. We need volunteers. Um we have training like I said and it's just an amazing opportunity for you to be better informed about the community and how you can get involved um in all of that fun stuff and so much more. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Robert. I'll talk Thank to you, you later. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Could you save this?
Yeah, totally. I'll say it. Thank you so much. You're awesome. You guys have an awesome day. Please continue to 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 be great and be amazing and you know yeah just continue to love yourself appreciate yourself appreciate the people around you take care of yourself um wash your hands wear a mask um sleep because it's important take care of yourselves 